0: Hello and welcome to the professional horror podcast, the podcast with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. (laughs) I am your wonderful and very pretty host, Chris Donovan, and I am once again joined by the Karen Strode and Jamie Lloyd to my John Tate, Megan, and Julia (laughs) Pendergast. How are y'all doing tonight? We're
1: doing great. I didn't mean to speak for you, Julia. How are you? Doing good, thanks.
0: (laughs) For those keeping track at home, that means I called Megan, the Lori's daughter from the reboot trilogy. I mean, from the 2018 trilogy, Julia, Lori's child from the Cult of Thorn saga, (laughs) and me, Lori's son from the H2O timeline. So we got all the timelines covered. (laughs)
1: chris you went deep into the lore I and think, i love
0: it I, that was a, that was a lore one for the for the ones out there <laughs> folks i love halloween it. h2o all day uh, we, gotta,
1: we gotta watch halloween h2o we gotta watch halloween h2o but the lore heads are gonna love it oh. is there a water element to that tell me there is what's up is there a water element to halloween water h2o el- no
0: there's no water element i don't think
1: <laughs> this it years does years. have
0: ll cool j though <laughs>
1: Go oh, Halloween 20, with Julius C. H2O, as Big in, lawyer. you know, on the periodic table. It does have
0: Josh Hartnett and LL Cool J, though, so it's pretty solid. I'm
1: a fan of Josh Hartnett. Who doesn't love Josh He Hartnett? has the Woo!
0: worst bangs in that movie, too. It's so funny.
1: Isn't Michelle Williams in that, too?
0: michelle williamson that too yeah
1: wow that's a star studded cast i've actually never seen it so i would be also
0: is- written by kevin williamson unofficially or he he did one of the unofficial drafts i think
1: yeah. isn't that the only halloween that doesn't take place in hanfield or is it it does not that- take place in
0: hanfield no a lot of people complain because since kevin williamson wrote part of it that it feels more like scream than halloween which like sure a little bit that sounds Plus to me. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a negative. I just think it's it's definitely something that I've noticed. I'll say at the end what, I mean, I'm kind of giving away what my favorite timeline of Halloween is now that Halloween ends has come and gone. But
1: <laughs> well, what's your favorite? Tell us now, or do we have to wait?
0: I'll, I'll tell you now. Between the Cult of Thorn, which is Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, that's a no. The Cult of Thorn's really weird. <laughs> I'm not a Rob Zombie fan, so Halloween one and two from him out. No, nope. I think second place would be actually The Cold of Thorns above Rob Zombie for me because this guy just. But th- second place is Halloween one, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and my mm-hmm. first place is Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween H two O. This should tell you how much what we're about to talk about. I don't like Halloween Ends, even if I have to include Halloween Resurrection, it's still number one. <laughs> Oh wow. And Halloween Resurrection is the dog.
1: Really meaningful. That's the one where um Buster, Buster rhymes. rhymes. I I think, I, I've seen, uh, to be fair, I haven't seen Halloween Resurrection. I want to be absolutely clear on that. But the general contendence seems to be that most people think it's the worst. Resurrection
0: yeah. is the one where Buster Rhymes uses, uh, electrocutes Michael's balls and Kung Fu kicks him into electrical wires.
1: I gotta see this. We should see this too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, you're kind of selling it for us, but that doesn't really speak necessarily highly of my taste. Ugh, I mean,
0: it's bad. Anyway.
1: You should probably watch Halloween 2 as well.
0: Halloween 2, I, I, everyone who worked on it hated it, but most of the fans love it. So I don't know what that tells you about that movie. Like John Carpenter hates it. The director hates it. But everyone's like yeah
1: we should watch it why not is jamie lee curtis in yes it? she, she is. is what chris was saying about how they retcon halloween 2 and forward but then the fact jamie lee curtis being in the hospital for all of halloween kills is kind of hearkening to halloween 2 yeah just like she's in the hard
0: hospital hard. for all of halloween 2 as well but the, re- the first half of the movie follows dr loomis as he goes around hatton trying to track down michael and then the second half is like michael stalking laurie like in the hospital and it's really good
1: cool and that movie could that movie could've done it better. Yeah. Like hearkening back to it and made it more like a They book. should've done that. A tip of the hat. Yeah. So they shipped the hat but they didn't.
0: So anyway, we are here we're gonna talk about halloween ends so for starters before we dig into this i just want to say i've said this on the show before if you're a returning listener you might have heard this before but when i reviewed midsummer i said that when i don't like a movie i will try to bring someone on who does it brings the positive perspective makes for a good push-pull dynamic and gives everyone a slightly different view on things i think it's just a better overall experience for us on the show and for the listeners than just like shitting on a movie for two hours and i don't like hating movies i don't I I wanna give every movie I every horror movie I see all of my love. And I am disappointed yeah. whenever I don't like a movie. I meet movies halfway, all that. Chris
1: Duncan is truly like a champion of horror movies. I just, he loves them. I want he tries he really gives them the benefit of the doubt. I really do believe that and I respect that about him.
0: And if you, you listener, love Halloween Ends, I'm thrilled for you. I am I wish I could be there with you, but I'm just not. And my two guests from prior conversation, I can tell you, are also not. The reason I didn't go for the typical approach of finding someone who loved it was because we planned this episode before the movie came out.
1: Chris was assuming he would love it.
0: And I was expecting to love it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Chris, and, then, and he probably figured that we wouldn't but you know but chris you know, chris is a delight and he's very positive and he gives the benefit of the doubt to everything i'm kind of a bitch and Julia's is like a huge bitch and I don't, mean, I don't mean in our day-to-day life but i mean she's extremely critical there's so many things i watch and enjoy that she hates i feel like we're on a, a descending scale of hatred there's no way that i would probably love it yeah. you no know, there's no Julia would have liked it. Slightly this. more chance Megan would have. Yeah, and- Chris should have loved it, but it was so yeah. bad. And it's like, the way things worked at Halloween 2018, I liked. Didn't love, but liked. Was really hopeful for Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills, I really didn't like. I didn't have a ton of hope for Halloween Ends, but I still wanted to see it. And then Halloween Ends, to me, was even worse than Halloween Kills.
0: Yes, I agree Probably. with that. Like, I walked into Halloween Ends being like, fuck yeah, this movie's gonna rock. I actually got a chance to see Halloween 1978 in the theaters just before halloween ends so I could to see the cool. first at the last and i was like yes it's gonna be awesome i saw I mean, halloween yeah. on the big screen and it was like amazing and i loved it I
1: would like to do that. Yeah,
0: and then i walked into ends and i was like fuck yeah gonna be great and then ugh. but also if you listening did love this movie i'm not gonna bash you and tell you you're wrong and stupid and i hate you i'm just gonna share my opinions i'm glad you loved it let's just you know let's be respectful. know what
1: tale of medicine you're on.
0: <laughs> Everyone's opinion is valid, and we're just sharing ours. I
1: would, I would guess that you were on some of Allison's dad's peyote. If you watched <laughs> this trash heap and you came out with a positive opinion, you must have hallucinated something great. And please reach out to me and tell me all about it. <laughs>
0: what movie you saw oh man uh, it's also as another as there's another caveat i'm just li- i'm just littering this with asterisks before we begin before we dig into halloween ends because this is a movie that's still in theaters and i refuse to engage these new streaming services terms of chaos and will not get <laughs> peacock I do not have a detailed beat for beat notes for this movie. I will still be going mostly sequentially, but I don't have like a dissected outline like I do for other movies. Also, this should go without saying, extremely heavy spoilers for Halloween ends. This is coming out less than a month after the movie came out. And if you haven't seen it and don't want it spoiled, wait until after you've seen the movie to listen to this episode.
1: Also, if you haven't seen it, save yourself (laughs) <laughs> don't do it. And don't it is a, a joyless romp. <laughs> you can get some joy out of it, then I more power to you. Yeah.
0: I'm thrilled for you. But
1: don't understand it but cool i'm baffled it's, and it's, confused it's I like mean, people who happy. go for jogs and then they say that they like got an endorphin rush and they feel really good I'm like, oh i feel like i was just beaten to death i don't understand you or then people oh like yeah i was nervous about something so i just lost a bunch of weight i don't understand you and i'm a little jealous of you and i'd like to know how you did it but that's not the reality i occupy and if you occupy that reality i have nothing but envy for you right so
0: good same. That's that's a pretty good analogy of it. So let's dig into Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends has a 5.0 out of 10 on IMDb and a 39% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. 0.5 less on IMDb, exactly the same on Rotten Tomatoes as Halloween Kills. The synopsis is four years after her last encounter with masked killer Michael Myers. Laurie Shaw is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Laurie finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil she can't control and the critical consensus is halloween ends for now anyway with a frequently befuddling installments that stabbed slash and beaten by a series of frustrating missed opportunities yeah
1: befuddling is the word
0: yeah yep so we start off halloween ends there's actually a few scenes that are just ripped from the original halloween which is nice love 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 to see that i guess love to see shots from a movie i like uh <laughs>
1: and just to say again like what we said in the <coughs> episode her just being like not Sarah Connor anymore like screw it I'm gonna live my life after everything that happened in Halloween Kills makes no sense absolutely no sense no sense I would have been all for it if she was like that originally but just like what I feel like it, so it, you're starting it, off with me being confused befuddled befuddled and it's an inverse like I mentioned in a, the previous episode if things progressed in a logical manner I don't think I would have had this complaint but the way that it was outlined is 1978 Halloween existed. No other Halloween existed until 2018 Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis is for some reason a B-movie version of Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. She's got a survivalist, got a crazy bunker. That's the whole climax ends up that ends up being integral in the climax. And then she's like recovering from a stab wound and Halloween kills her daughter, her son-in-law first, and then her daughter. And then the child she used to babysit that she clearly Still has a bond with, and two other survivors are killed. In addition to the entire firefighter brigade and many other Haddonfield residents. To cap that off, I know I already said her daughter was killed, but the last kill that Jason does, it, not, sorry, Jason. Wow, I'm really, I'm really, could, I'm speaking from. Freddie, pl- Megan, Freddie, Freddie. You're right. I'm it's sorry. Freddie. No, I know. I know. You're just. <laughs> Freddie. So yes, the last kill that Michael does is he gets Karen, which is Lori's daughter, at the end and then it ends. And then you mean to tell me this woman who after only losing a few friends 40 years ago got a survival bunker and has is equipped with all sorts of guns and crazy equipment and like she hits a button and her kitchen island disappears and it's a freaking, it's like the walking when, dead when he was locked up in an asylum. When he, he's locked up in asylum for 40 years, and that is the setup of her house. Now- He just disappears. He, the last person he, the one, like the second or third to last person he killed is Tommy Doyle, the kid she babysat. And then the last person he killed is her beloved daughter- And then he fucking disappears. And then she's like, you know what? I'm just going to try to be a grandma. Like, oh, I'm just going to live my life in Haddonfield, Illinois. Not move. Not move. That makes no sense on a character standpoint. If they wanted to have a through line that made any sense, they should have done it the opposite, which is that she's the semi-wholesome grandma in Halloween 2018. And then by the third movie, she's got a fucking underground bunker. Now that makes sense. The way they did it makes absolutely no sense. And that's how we start, and that's
0: how we start uh, with non. yeah, I definitely I wrote that essentially that entire rant, almost word for word <laughs> in my notes. um she lived her, like two of her friends and one of their friend her friend's boyfriends was killed forty years ago, so she built she lived in a mousetrap raked to blow with a stockpile. <laughs>
1: Love that. With with, with a
0: stockpile of rifles and pistols. She lost custody of her daughter at one point because of her prepper lifestyle, consuming her very existence. Then she's proven correct. Michael does come back. Michael does attack her. Her prepping helped her escape and potentially kill him.
1: It saved her life and the life of her daughter and granddaughter.
0: And then Michael kills her daughter and vanishes. And now, four years after that, she's living in suburbia without a care of the world.
1: In the same town. Same town. Yeah.
0: She doesn't have less reason to become a crazy hermit now. She has more reason.
1: More reason. Significantly more
0: daughter was so my- killed her granddaughter was orphaned and he is still at large he just vanished apparently
1: first of all there, i don't believe there's any way that Lori would stay in haddonfield after that no why would you if she stayed in haddonfield she would be living in as you so aptly put it a mouse trap rig to blow <laughs> she would have she would sleep with grenades she would have like, like i think that would have been kind of cool if it was almost a false start where like you see her like burning the pie and like be acting pretty much completely out of character, mm-hmm. and then it turns out. Oh no, like she's pimped this crib even more than the previous one. And like there's fucking lasers shooting out of the ceiling or something. That would have been something that you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But they went a completely different direction that makes no sense with Lori's character. And then they also obviously, as we'll get into, went a completely different direction with Allison's character as well. And none of it makes sense. And I don't find any of it compelling. No,
0: I get therapy and sobriety can go a long way. However, the fact that she get an entire massive character arc's worth of change off screen in between movies, it's even more galling. In the extended cut of Kills, as we talked about in the last episode, Lori leaves the hospital after hearing Michael on the phone and says, I'm coming for you, and leaves the hospital knife in hand. And I guess that just, she just doesn't find him and then just gives up and just like, like I know extended cut is, is different from, I think extended cut still implies it's canon. It's not like a delay deleted scene. It's just like we wanted to but we couldn't show it, I think. I don't I don't know how that works for Canon. It's
1: the spirit of the movie. Right? It's the spirit of the movie. Yeah. I only watched a trailer for this movie like right before we watched it. And I was extremely surprised that there's a time jump. Obviously 2018 to Halloween 2021, it was like oh, they, the they, they they bled right into each other. At the end of Halloween 2021, Halloween Kills, he kills Karen, who like to me, I'm not necessarily saying that this was how it was written, but I think it might have been written this way. She was like the emotional center of the movie. They kill like the most likable character who's acting in the most reasonable way, and. They kill her, and then it's like, okay, there's gotta be some. We're gonna deal with this. Like this is good. like the next movie. Like, oh, we think that Lori's pissed off in the beginning of this movie. Wait until her daughter's dead. Blah blah blah. But then, no, it's a nonsensical time jump that where the death of Karen isn't at all dealt with.
0: Exactly. Karen's death apparently means less than two of her high school friends. Yeah, forty years significant-
1: ago exactly yeah so it sets you off in a way where you're like what and then you're like wait like didn't her I, I was like didn't her daughter get killed and I knew she did because we uh, we watched a recap before we watched the new movie it's like okay the daughter is dead why is she acting like this and then same with her daughter same with Allison it's like, I mean I think at one point her parents are mentioned but it's like it's so like off the cuff it is just like
0: she has Allison has her parents both their wedding rings on a necklace and like that's fun I mean that's a good scene but i don't think it goes anywhere i don't think it means anything it's just like look she has it we acknowledge that things happened before this movie
1: and again it's like the kind of like the to me like the head scratch of okay you lost three of your friends and i'm not saying that's not traumatic but 40 years later this has turned you into a crazy survivalist hermit versus your daughter was murdered in michael myers childhood home to cap off his crazy murder spree and you're just not doing anything about it that doesn't have any resonance for you like we will obviously go sequentially but later on Lori has a gun and it's like a little pea shooter it's like you need to tell me the woman that's got this like crazy underground bunker of like all sorts of fantastic weaponry she's just got like this little bitch gun now like she doesn't have anything else four years after michael went missing after he capped off his murder spree by murdering her daughter i don't buy any of it
0: yeah It's, 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 oh God, it's so bad. It's just like. All the characters, their names only. They're whatever the movie needs them to be in any given scene. Yes. They needed Lori to not be in a compound. So guess what? No more trauma for her. She's out. I mean just I mean, I'm not, I don't want to start a thing. Yes, obviously she's still dealing with trauma. What I'm saying is they needed her to not be in a compound. So poof, she's mm-hmm. not in a compound. Why? Because we need her to not be in a compound. And that's it. Yeah. End of story. They
1: could have easily dealt with her being in a compound and just r- written it better again my whole beef with this trilogy is if you intended to make a trilogy then why didn't you forecast what was going to happen next so it's like if you're like oh well in order for the climax of halloween ends to be the way i want it to be she can't still be she can't still have this underground bunker it's like okay then why does she have the underground bunker in the first place why shouldn't she why can't she always just be like a semi-useless grandma?
0: it's just and then
1: is there is no answer
0: it's just so it's frustrating. It's like, I feel like this movie, had it been Halloween 2018, or had it been Halloween Kills, with some changes, it could have worked. Mm-hmm, like, yes. I, I don't... The risk that they take that we're going to get into... I don't hate on its surface, but it is the absolute worst time to do it. It makes zero sense to do it now. It just does.
1: You don't do Agreed. it in the last movie of a trilogy. It just doesn't make any sense at all yeah. to go down the Friday, the 13th five round yeah. road in the last movie. It's like no sense. No sense whatsoever. <sighs> You're
0: hundred like... percent. But before we even get to Laurie, I'm pretty sure this is the cold open of the movie. We start a year yeah. after Halloween, 2018 and Halloween kills with Halloween, 2019, believe it or not. Uh, and we're, we're introduced to a guy by the name of Corey Cunningham who has like 1970s glasses, which, believe it or not, is actually a reference. It's not random. He has those for a very specific purpose. And he's babysitting this kid named Jeremy, who's a snot nosed piece of shit. <laughs> Yes. One thing I do want to give credit for, which I think is a very fun design choice, is as he's babysitting the kid, they are watching John Carpenter's The Thing, which is not just a fun callback to John Carpenter, but also in 1978's Halloween, the film they're watching during Dr. Dementia's six hours of horror movies, so the Lindsay Wallace will know what hit her, is The Thing from Another World, the movie that John Carpenter remade into The Thing. Oh, that's cool. Or technically, it's just a second readaption of the novella Who Goes There if one wanted to be pedantic i do not
1: which we never do no that's not that's just not our (laughs)
0: way but yeah it's they were watching the thing from another world they're watching the thing that's nice that's I like that like, I, like so,
1: too, yeah. I liked the opening sequence to be fair it was interesting whole, that put me off on the right foot me too yeah. I mean, kind of weird that they picked a guy to be the babysitter that was weirdly old and I had some qualms with that the setup but overall that was the best part of the movie I agree the opening scene was the best part of the movie and we'll get more into what like if I didn't know who like the writers were of this movie and who directed it I would kind of assume that it was done by like a group
0: there was four writers on this two more besides just david gordon green and danny mcbride there were two other writers some people i saw some people online speculating about this and i'm not saying it's true i'm just saying i just heard of is a rumor and i don't think it's insane some people thought that the first two people not david gordon green and danny mcbride had a story and danny mcbride and david gordon green kind of took that story and kind of added a halloween layer to it okay
1: yeah that well i was I was saying something similar to Julia that I felt like this was a script for another movie that they just shoehorned Michael into. And then like you said, Laurie and Allison are themselves in name only. Yeah. It could have been any Anyone. anybody. It, honestly, it could have just been a mom and her daughter.
0: I also think that David gordon Green and Danny McBride made a very specific choice to b- make this like, oh yeah, we did that risk because the opening credits are done in the style of Halloween 3 season of The Witch. The font's different. Mm-hmm. The music choice is different. And I
1: did kind of like credits. I, I did. I thought that it was cool. They Again, cool. I, li- I liked the the beginning season. of it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I was interested. To Hopeful, of, sort of, yeah. first. To Julia's point, the only thing that really stood out to me in the opening sequence that I was kind of like, huh, was the couple asking about was Plans and then he was saying that he was like saving up money and he wanted to like go to engine, like go to school to be an engineer. But then it's also dropped that he's 21, and then it's like he would already be in college. And like the setup isn't like, oh, like he's like obviously supposed to be like a collegiate, like a scholarly type of person. He should be 17, he shouldn't be 21. I mean, or if he's 20, he should be in college. We'll talk about later. It harkens to the Allison problem where it's like they don't seem to understand age and where people people would be the average person based on the circumstances, would be based on
0: their yeah I could see, based on Corey's living situation, that maybe he didn't have enough money to go to college when he was 17, and he's just been, like, saving for years. But then the question from the parents doesn't seem as, like, naturally, like, ah, high school kid must talk about college, you know?
1: Yes. If a 21-year-old isn't going to school, you're like, okay, they're not going to school. Like, I'm not going to hound them about it. But that's not at all the vibe.
0: So the scene goes with Jeremy plays, like, a prank on Corey, where he gets him locked in, like, a storage room on the top floor and Corey freaks out I think he thinks Michael is there he he thinks something's up he's just kind of like a scaredy cat you know
1: yeah, he's very freaked out,
0: uh, and he wants out of the locked door. And then it's a nearly—it's like a darkly comic series of unfortunate events happens where Cory kicks the door open. The door smacks Jeremy in the face. He flies over the banister, plummets to his bloody and awful death—the exact second the parents return home. And then they look up at Corey like, "What did you do?" In anger, they look up. That you see
1: like there's a huge. You're like, "Wow, there's a lot of stairs." Yeah, and crazy stairs. Relevant, but like, so that was some decent. It was
0: a shocking thing. moment. It was definitely like a whoa what's happening
1: yeah you do not yeah i didn't expect that to happen no, no was, I, yeah i didn't expect that i kind of kept thinking michael was i feel like but that's the summation of the first 40 minutes of the movie i just kept thinking michael's gonna show <laughs> up and honestly for the opening scene i think it's good that he doesn't like yeah. i think that 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 scene works right in the previous episode we were kind of complaining about the way that bullies were written i do feel like jeremy is kind of unrealistically awful for a kid yeah especially way the mom is like talking to Corey and saying that he's like really traumatized by all the michael stuff and he's peeing the bed and then like all that stuff which is like very sympathetic and then he's like calls him like an ugly boy babysitter and then he's like this ends up being relevant later on too but it's like he's a 21 year old guy yeah. and it's like this kid is like under him. He, this kid is like under 10 i just don't believe a kid would be like that really but It's fine for a movie, but just a a little critique. Right.
0: So Corey gets accused of killing the kid, but he's acquitted of manslaughter. And then we cut to three years after this. So, four years after 2018, it's Halloween and Halloween kills. It's now 2022.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: That's when we have Lori and we see her. She's living in Hanfield normally in the house with no booby traps with Allison. She's writing a memoir. And uh, Megan. You'll appreciate this. I saw someone on Twitter make this joke and I just had to include it because it's really funny. Uh, it says Lori's memoir is compiled exclusively of last chapters. <laughs> you get a lot of her memoir through like voiceover narration, and it's true. Yeah. Which is honestly a good metaphor for uh, this series and this film.
1: It is. Well, I don't think it works, but like, honestly, I don't think much in this movie works. It is interesting to convert her fatiguing amount of monologues from the previous movie into written order because it makes a little more sense there. Yeah, But like, okay, it makes sense that like, if you're hearing her narration of what she's writing, then you can do it in like kind of more of a monologue sense versus when she's got, she's got a stab wound and she's monologuing at the hospital.
0: Right. We do hear that the Myers house has been demolished, which again is one of those weird things about the time jump is what happened with Michael because in yep. Halloween Kills I made the joke that it seems like his motivation is he just wants to look out his sister's window and everyone keeps getting in the way. Everyone keeps trying to take away from the window and he's like, God damn it, I'm just trying to look out the window. But did they just wait till he went on like a Taco Bell run and demolish the house in the meantime? Like, it, how'd they get him out of the house to demolish it? Where did he go? He just suddenly is just like out in the sewers it, for 4 years for
1: him like it was like it wasn't like people were just gonna let him go gently no good night you know it's like absolutely they should have had way like a little bit of a note about what happened with him well I feel like Nigel's like oh he disappeared and we all said okay and shrugged and moved on it's the like like, what you guys were fucking killing random people last thinking you were murdering mentally challenged people at the hospital thinking it was him and now you're just gonna shrug and move on like that's nuts well like Chris said in the previous movie Halloween Kills there's a sequence where my Michael is apprehended by the police in 1978 and we're kind of like eh, it doesn't really work for the Halloween universe they have a sequence where Michael's apprehended by the police but they don't have a sequence of what happens after Michael kills one of the main characters what the hell happens after he kills Karen and he's staring out the window it's one of the many balls they drop they include these things that aren't really necessary and then it's things that you would consider to be pretty integral to the progression of the story and they just shrug it off
0: It's the problem with doing the time jump is where Halloween Kills left off. Jumping forward in time for years raises a lot of questions and they answer precisely zero of them.
1: Yes. Yes. Good
0: way to put it. It's just, it's just, it's a mess. And we go back to Corey. We focus on him because guess what, folks? This is a Corey story.
1: I liked Corey to start with and I was like fine with him being one of the background characters, but that is not at all the direction they went in. Yeah. Nope. And they
0: hate
1: the thing of like, the town makes monsters here but they don't they don't explore it but like they hint at it it's like oh maybe he's becoming a monster it's like they're hinting at what it's one of the first things they're hinting at
0: so what monsters did it produce in the 40 years between halloween 1 and halloween 2018 right
1: none half-assedly mm. hinting at some theme that you're like okay i see what they're doing but it's not really working no yeah 2018 that's where halloween kills ends and then 2019 is when corey accidentally kills jeremy and then it jumps forward three years so it's been years since that ha- it's just all of the choices are so weird it's also i feel like it should have been more recent like maybe it should have been 2021 that he killed jeremy because it, especially since he was acquitted of manslaughter and it's like so now he's working at whatever like the junkyard oh, yeah. the car car. yeah it's like he's working at the junkyard he's riding a bicycle and he's still living at home and everywhere he goes he's recognized again like it's like people would move on people would move on that's the other thing his mother yes but everyone his mother but i feel like these movies are written by like someone who was born and then raised in isolation and then taught how to speak and how to write and how do you think people would act
0: there's a lot of first draft problems in both kills and ends i feel like yes now, granted, they filmed them like one year after the other, so maybe they were working very quickly. What if? I mean, they could have just had been like four writers all taking a first pass that they went with the end result. I don't know how the process worked. I just know yeah. that there's a lot of stuff that should not, I don't think, have made it to the final project. I did have a lovely thought that does make me very happy inside: a planned trilogy about a haunted town of slashers that did it right. <sighs> Fear Street. Ah! Oh that yeah, makes yeah. me happy to say. Did it better. It makes me sad too that Fear Street did it better than Halloween, but you know.
1: You look at the bright side. Exactly. That's It's a good- be optimistic Your like street that was fun. I love I street. street was fun New Street was fun Halloween did was- I have qualms of course I had qualms <laughs> but it was enjoyable extremely enjoyable yeah I enjoyed but every. I enjoyed all of them and that's important to me with horror movies yes. make it fun there was like a, a cogent theme and everything Like from no, one movie like all sense. of them took place in different timelines too with like going anchoring back in the 90s it was complicated it made sense they kept things pretty consistent Let's none not of that off track. I was gonna say but none, <laughs> none of that could be said about Halloween
0: it's a, a planned trilogy with a coherent through line. Which yes. Is...
1: To me, it sounds like the bare minimum. It yeah, just... this, it's shooting for the stars. Yeah there's not even a parent through line in the last two movies individually
0: yeah so we got, we, we follow Corey. he works at the junkyard as megan may mention which is his dad's junkyard i think
1: seems like it's it. like
0: his dad's his yeah. boss and he goes to like the convenience store to get chocolate milk because he just is a he's a good old boy you see the two scenes where he's he like, makes drink choices he <laughs> only gets chocolate milk
1: yeah what a baby uh,
0: <laughs> and a group of Band kids like one kid's in the marching band one kid has a letterman jacket one kid's a nerd and one kid's like a goth it's
1: band bullies and then one of them says that they're i think like unless i'm i could be wrong someone indicates they're all in band which make it would just make any sense cause only one of them is dressed yeah
0: I, yeah I saw someone on twitter be like i think it was just made to make a this is a choice to distract from the fact that these kids bully an adult over something that they would have been like 13 when it happened they would not have known or cared
1: no No way way. yeah that's the other thing about it being weird like the timeline being kind of weird
0: yes these bullies trying to get Corey to buy them alcohol and any self-respecting store owner sees high school kids acost cost an adult in a parking lot wouldn't have sold that guy alcohol anyway even if he had agreed but whatever i think what, what was it he like squeezes the chocolate milk bottle and he gets shards of glass like, in his hand
1: maybe you who still has glass bottles but generally bottles these days are plastic
0: it's true but laurie strode gets there to stop any of nefarious bullying and helps cory slash the tires of <laughs> The pulleys, which is just fun, I guess. I don't know. But then apparently is like then it's another weird thing where Lori's like, "Ooh, you're hurt. My granddaughter's a nurse. Let me take you to have her help you."
1: Yeah, and you're like, "What? Like what? what? You're just like baffled by that." Like. But also to speak is like speaking of people acting in ways they never act. Like a normal thing would be like, oh, like oh, you're hurt. Like I'll take you to the hospital. And my niece works there. No, not my niece. My granddaughter works there. You'll get stitches and then go on. It's like it's treated very much like a setup. Even though like oh, he's got an injured hand, so I'm taking him to the doctor. Yeah. Like shouldn't Allison's acting like it's a setup? He's acting like it's a setup. Lori's like, but the situation is like he's he's bleeding really badly from his hand. Work. Yeah,
0: he's got glass it's, shards it, in his hand.
1: It's not really. Like, it could just be like a totally innocent thing which honestly they should have makes more sense they, they should have notice, cast yeah. it as that because Lori's almost immediate reaction after is to regret connecting right. them so if it was more like a oh here like i'll take you to get your hand fixed and then organically they formed a connection versus her being a weird like grandma setting them up and then and then immediately changing her mind that just makes it more confusing also
0: allison's character is infuriating to me i feel like this is actual yeah Character assassination. It is literally wallpapering over her character. We meet Allison four years later. She's a nurse.
1: Okay, doesn't make sense the timeline, but fine, we'll accept it.
0: Well, doesn't it.
1: make. Sense- Timeline. It's fine. She should be 21.
0: Yes, she's a nurse. She's in line for a promotion. What else do we know about her in Halloween Ends exclusively? She's apparently dating a cop who is pulls her over to tell her to like flirt with her, which is just an abusive power. And also, he's 20 years older than her.
1: Gross it's gross. It's yeah. gross. Yeah.
0: And she's just like, oh, okay. She's just like so cowed and so mousy. And her boss, yeah. the nurse, which I do want to point out, actually is referenced in Halloween Kills when. At the very beginning of Halloween Kills, the doctor and the nurse have a moment where the doctor tells the nurse your boss is a creep and you need to punch him in the face. And it's the same doctor that's by name referenced. So that actually is some continuity from kills to ends. That's cool. The doc just, like, sexually harasses Allison overtly, and she just does nothing. What about Allison in the previous two movies would let you believe that she would just be like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna do anything.
1: Like, I'm just waiting for that promotion after 45 minutes of being a nurse if I only have one small certification. You exactly. She she wouldn't even be a nurse at that age. Very confusing continuity. She's a senior, like, I assume a senior high school. She could even be a junior. She's 17 in Halloween Kills and Halloween 28 and then so she's 21 if she just got her associates and then got a certification she wouldn't be up for this big promotion especially against a woman who seems like she's 10 years older than her and Chris like you said earlier about Laurie getting a bunch of off screen character development that we're just supposed to accept I feel like the same thing happened with Allison where last time we saw her she was like a complaint I would have had about her is that she was shooting from the hip she was going into situations without thinking about it she was really fired up she was going after Michael with that with pretty much no plan almost didn't seem to care if she lived or died now she's like a wallflower they're like dressing her and acting like she's some kind of like minster and she's 21 yeah,
0: yeah and not only that like the only way this makes sense is if her PTSD trauma response from Halloween 2018 slash kills is like every man I talked back to was murdered so I need to never talk back to a man again that's the only way that i could even wrap my head around that because the allison from ends i mean from kills in 2018 would not put up with this kind of shit she just wouldn't no,
1: and both of her parents are killed and that's barely mentioned her boyfriend is killed and i don't think that's mentioned at it's all not, i don't she's think he's had all like she could be a really cool character she's got a lot of things happen to her that could be interesting but instead they just make them happen and they never explore them which is like the least interesting route they could yeah, take
0: because then cory Shows up and she's just like hair twirly, like, Oh my god, he's so hot! and she's like and- an
1: amazing school girl. And he's like, You shouldn't let a doctor talk to you like that. And he's off putting off the bat, too. Yeah. And he's supposed to be, like, he's 21 in 2019, so he's 24 now, getting bullied by high school students. And you mean to tell me that he's supposed to be some renegade bad boy that's going to get Allison out of her Yeah,
0: and not only that, but, like, when Allison, before we have Allison and Corey meet up, she's written like she's an old, she's like an adult, a full-grown adult up for promotions. When she's with Corey, she's written like she's 16 years old. She is, and a hormonal teenager who's just like, "Oh my god, I love him. We're gonna, we're gonna run away together."
1: That is also extremely disjointed.
0: It doesn't Ex- make any sense.
1: And then I've like been trying to do something with Corey, which where it's like, okay, now he's a bad boy, but like, there's not an obvious like switch. The only it's thing, like, what are thi- you trying to do? Like, oh, I guess we will get there, but it's like, it's like pretty much after his glasses are destroyed, <laughs> suddenly he's a bad boy, like well, no.
0: What's so irritating to me is. Corey is literally a different person. Every day, Allison talks to him. And she's just in love with every single version, hopelessly in love with every version. Shows up at the hospital. He's super chill, nerd boy. Love that. He's kind of broken, you know, traumatized boy day two. Love that. He's dark, edgy, bad boy day three. Love that. He's budding sociopath day four. Love that too. It's like he's literally spiraling in his character. And Allison is just like, no Um, spatial awareness, tunnel vision, love it.
1: DTF the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. The kind
0: of thing that that someone raised by Lori Strode, even tangentially, would not be.
1: No way. And then with the way it all worked out, and then this is the Corey show, it's like how it could have made sense is, like I said before, Lori being a semi-normal grandmother in the first movie, Corey being one of Allison's like school friends, or maybe not even friends, someone she knows, and then maybe in the second movie, he accidentally kills Jeremy, and then it's like, but she knows him, and then he's ostracized, and then they reunite in the third, and then, or another thing that could be is like, that he accidentally killed Jeremy the in the second movie when the town is, turns on that random escaped asylum patient. Instead, they could turn on him and instead of him dying, like it's like they could have done things where there would be a through line. It would be interesting. There would be like, so, instead of it being like this guy that whose name we don't even know, who we know nothing about other than that he's just not Michael Myers, no. you could make it something like that so there's an emotional resonance. And then it's like, okay, well, the town turned on him and almost killed him. And then in this movie, he's that is like more of a building. Love it it makes sense how like it would make more sense of him turning to darkness but instead it's like everything starts in this movie and nothing makes sense. Yeah
0: especially because it's allison who's like the aggressor in the relationship which i'm not saying that's bad it's just like again it's just weird especially cory he's such a he's such an irritating thing for to be the protagonist of halloween ends it doesn't work no. if it was halloween 2018 it works if it's halloween kills it could work if it was halloween yeah. five if it was halloween six seven eight or nine it could have worked mm-hmm. but not ends
1: and it didn't work. It didn't work. For Friday the 13th 5. No. Where they do that whole shit. It's like, this is a lame idea. Why are we doing yeah. this again? And it's like Halloween ends. It's like marketed as, and not just marketed. It's like It was set up, like you, like you said, in the extended version, it's the last uh, scene is Lori picking and calling her daughter and then getting Michael's creepy heavy breathing on the other line. Set up as the swan song between the two of them. Like a 40-year battle in the making. Like this is the, except both of them probably aren't going to come out of it blah 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 that's the setup the mo- the execution of the movie is not that at all
0: yeah i feel like a lot of people keep mentioning friday five for the talk about halloween dance and i see why it makes it is someone else wearing the mask which we're gonna get to but i feel like this actually is much more closely related to nightmare on elm street 2 Friday's revenge because mm-hmm. freddie is actively trying to get a teenage boy on his side, essentially. He's using him to enter the real world again to kill more people, and it's like a weird partnership, but even then in Nightmare 2, it makes it works better, because Michael, because Freddy's more of a schemer, he's more of a planner, he can do all this stuff. Uh, So in Halloween Ends, we have Allison and Corey at a Halloween party where she's all, like, looking cute in a cat costume or whatever, and then in the middle of all of their cute couple stuff, all their romance stuff, just so happens the mother of Jeremy is there yeah. and is like, you killed my son, damn it. Lindsay Wallace is the bartender. Lindsay Wallace is also, in this movie, just playing whatever they needed her in any scene they needed somebody. Yeah, She's at Lori's house making jack-o'-lanterns. Hey, we need someone to do a tarot card reading. and eh, Lindsay can do it. We need someone who's a bartender. Eh, Lindsay can do it.
1: It's insane how they wasted their legacy characters. Yeah, because that's that's like, also
0: a wrap on Lindsay. That's pretty much it. Once She's the bartender. She actually has a real house housewives reference where she holds back jeremy's mother and it looks similar to the meme the you know the screaming
1: oh, yeah. cat like meme the, 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 the blonde lady the, ah, like that one yeah
0: and then Corey on day two is like, leave me alone, Allison, because I'm damaged or whatever. And Allison's like, oh, I guess, but then forgives him the next day.
1: But I love you already.
0: Yeah, she's like, I love you, though. And she's like, yeah, nope. Then Corey gets bullied by the the high schoolers again in the middle of the night.
1: And the fact that it happens again makes you like, really?
0: Yeah. And they toss him over a bridge. It was like, you mentioned it, Megan. It's also it, reminded me weirdly of like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Being like, oh God, well, yeah. he kills him. Let's just go forget it ever happened. But then Corey is just God, here we go. He's dragged into the sewers by somebody. We don't know what at the time. It's Unseen Force.
1: Pennywise, the dancing club.
0: Pennywise, essentially. And then Corey wakes up and he sees, Oh my god, Michael Myers. What's what are you doing in the sewers, buddy? no answer he's you know doesn't talk he's just there we don't know why for four years i don't know does he take off his jumpsuit to poop no answers to be had
1: we have no idea does he food or just humans? We have no idea. It's also never, it's never been established that he's a cannibal, but it's like, what, what is he doing for sustenance? Like, there's yeah. rats
0: down there, I guess.
1: Michael's been in the sewer this whole time? This in the same time. It's It's, it's like, so lazy. That is so lazy. The whole town went fucking nuts. And, and like, then it's like, <sighs> like, he's been living in the sewer and no one noticed. And also, it wasn't even that no one noticed. Some homeless guy notices, oh, but, yeah. he's, but he's weirdly on Michael's side. Nothing makes sense in this movie. Yeah,
0: and then... Michael like grabs Corey and looks him in the eyes and they have this weird like eye fucking scene where like he sees evil in him or something and lets him go
1: it makes no makes sense, sense.
0: And on the way out, Corey accidentally kills a homeless man.
1: Yeah, but the homeless man is trying to kill him. Pretty like the homeless, the homeless man, guy's a dick. The, well, it's like, that's the other thing is like, just people not acting like people. And then also people just acting like plot devices. It's like, he gets out and he's like, he takes people in there and they never come out. Why are you out? You need to die. And it's like, so you know that Michael is alive, living in the sewer. Why haven't you alerted anybody? Why is this in this scenario? It's like, he's not being enriched at all by Michael. Like, what's the, like what's the value? Like, he's not getting it. Anything from him, what's the value to like watching him kill people after people and why would you kill someone who escaped from him? It's all of these things that aren't explored and they have no intention of exploring. No. It's just to set up a kill that's semi justified because it's like, oh, the first time he killed someone, it was an accident. The second time he kills someone, it's, semi- it's self-defense. Yeah. And then the next it's like it's like just putting him onto the path of darkness, but not in a way that makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
0: just edging him into it, so it's like a gradual fall into evil as opposed to my who just dove in head first kind of thing, I guess.
1: He was a little kid. Yeah,
0: and... The next day, Corey sees Allison, and Corey's like, "I killed somebody," and Allison just like hugs him, like
1: she's like, cool babe. D- does Aww. she d- does she think he just means the kid he killed? That's what I thought that she was misinterpreting it.
0: That's probably nope. what she thought. However, there's no conversation. There's no follow up. It's just ah, poor thing. You killed someone. My family was killed, but I I don't have any trauma from that.
1: Well, again, it, it, I'm good. It's like kind We're of. Cal- the guys it's, I like to date. <laughs> it's sexist where all of her character is kind of stripped away so that way she can just be the supporting figure to this burgeoning psychopath
0: it's weird that her character gets fridged and she's still alive.
1: It is. It's like, actually, I only just thought of this. Kind of reminds me of, but obviously, this is like an infinitely better movie, not even worth comparing. But in the first Star Wars, when uh, Princess Leia is comforting Luke because his mentor of like four days has been killed and her whole home planet, everyone she's ever known, has just been obliterated right before. But it's like, obviously, it's like he's the protagonist, but she's like, she's comforting him. It's like, what the hell? Like, every person you've ever known And loved is was just killed, and like, but you're propping up the protagonist. It's just not even thinking about the human element.
0: And then So then Corey and Allison, their their love story is taking up most of the story. They go on a dinner date, but Allison's police officer ex harasses them, and then when Allison and Corey tell him to leave, he goes back to his middle-aged buddies instead of like harassing the 21-year-old woman again. Like I said, it's just everyone in this movie is just who they need to be for this movie, regardless of what they were previously.
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned, in the previous movie, something that could have been interesting to explore, but so they just touched on it, was people telling... Lori like this isn't about you like not everything's about you blah 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 and then in this movie the townspeople have completely changed their tune and they're like this is all your fault it's all about you this lady who was stabbed through the throat with a light beam who should have died is only can't really speak because you taunted a poor like mentally challenged man it's like what this whole town was ready to burn itself to the ground to go after Michael Myers and they were all like oh wow Lori do Get too big for your britches. This isn't about you. And then now, four years later, you're blaming her for everything. It's just the lack of internal continuity is really galling to me. Yeah,
0: and like I mentioned slightly in Halloween Kills, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride seem to think that being stabbed in the throat or neck is not a big deal because that woman (laughs) in that question was stabbed like like three or four (laughs) inches deep with a light tube into her throat. She's not paralyzed and mute. She's dead. Yes, that's a whole circular chunk severed from her entire throat she's dead
1: i did not even doubt that she died when we i just assumed she was dead
0: yeah it was insane to me and we're gonna and the trope's not over we have another character for whom stabbing in the throat is not fatal we'll <laughs> get to that later You're a teaser. <sighs> little little tease little tease so then Corey like lures doug the cop allison's ex-boyfriend into the sewers and michael and Corey have like a tag team murder of doug and someone on twitter said this this was the hottest gay sex scene in cinema this year it was, him and, it was Corey and michael <laughs> killing together
1: that's funny that is funny, and I I think it would have, the movie could have been much more interesting if they, like, explored Corey and Michael more, but I feel like they did, yeah. like, that was also something that they just introduced, but did not really explore.
0: Yeah, and Michael, after he stabs, uh, <laughs> he stabs Doug, he does have quite the vis- visceral reaction. He's just like, he starts shaking, so it kind of, the sexy uh, plays actually do kind of have some parallels. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, oh, he killed again, so he's getting stronger again, I guess, question mark. That's not really established anymore.
1: Nothing's established. No. It's all yeah.
0: And Corey decides, you know... I may be getting bullied. A lot of people may hate me. But I may have a, a hot girlfriend. But I'm going to become a new serial killer. That's what I'm going to do. So, when Allison learns she's passed over for the promotion by a f- the the other nurse, Corey goes to the doctor's house, the really fancy house, to kill the two of them. And when he fails, Michael just shows up like a bro and helps him finish the job.
1: Amazing. I was going to say, Corey's pretty ungrateful to Michael. Yeah. Like, Michael is like clutch for him.
0: Yeah, he, he was going to gonna get screwed because he got completely blown up by the uh the other nurse the other nurse was gonna escape and michael's like nah i got you bro for some reason he was like hanging
1: in the closet or in the bathroom closet yeah. and he was ready to go
0: this, so this movie as we've been getting out this movie is about Corey. Corey is the protagonist he's the main character and it feels like it's actually a legacy sequel to christine which don't get me wrong love christine great movie great soundtrack great car Mwah! chef's kiss <laughs> this Christine is not Halloween, no, and never the Twain should meet basically because <laughs> also I do think it's important that in and I want to make it clear I'm not just spitballing here. Corey Cunningham with the square glasses is directly a reference from Christine's Arty Cunningham with the same glasses and a similar haircut. It is definitely a reference. I am putting my house on that. I don't even have a house, but if I did, I would put it on there. <laughs> Definitely right. Christine also has a love story. But the difference is the girl in Christine is smart enough to know when Artie has gone nuts. At first, she liked the confidence and the bad boy mentality, but then she realized when enough was enough and there was another guy in the story who she went with to help stop him. Allison just goes full ride or die and it's so frustrating.
1: It doesn't make any sense. And so they it's don't, frustrating. And yeah. they don't even know each other. Like we've established, yeah. it's like, like she like says, like, oh, like when I heard people talked about you, I felt like I knew you but you didn't the, again like why couldn't you have just made him a character in one of the previous movies so there could have been some sort of through line so it could have been, been like beforehand. so it's just so weird it's like okay like mm-hmm. you didn't think of the main protagonist of your final movie in your trilogy it's so and then the fact that they ha- they have Laurie introduce them and then immediately is like trying to break them up it's like doesn't make sense yeah. it's like Laurie introduced them. it's like she yeah. didn't have to be involved he could have done it in a way that yeah, makes sense he could have he, he could have cut his hand and Laurie could have even been there and they could have stabbed the things and then she could have been like you should get that looked at and then he can go to the, the hospital and happen to meet Allison. Yeah. Fine. That's fine. But she's like playing matchmaker and she's freaking giddy about it. And then she's all of a sudden like oh my god no try we're not breaking up. out It's like okay this doesn't make any sense.
0: Also I completely forgot we skipped over this line how could I be so forgetful? <laughs> Uh, there's the seed where Lori and Lindsay are making jack-o'-lanterns and the line Laurie says is like you wanna find someone that wants you to wants you to what's what's the line? Makes you wanna rip your shirt off and show grief your fucking tits. I believe is the line.
1: Oh, I hated that line. Yeah. Which
0: Halloween H2O gets some flack for some people who say that Jamie Lee Curtis is not playing Laurie Strode in that movie. She's playing Jamie Lee Curtis, and I think there's some merit to that. That line is Jamie Lee Curtis, not Laurie Strode.
1: Absolutely, she's not like a. It's like yeah, I don't like that. She has like some awkward flirtation with that. I hated that. I didn't like that. It was
0: awkward, but I bought that. That feels like Laurie doing the hair twirl.
1: It, that was yeah but it should have gone somewhere it should have gone like somewhere too many awkward but it's, scenes but like, like yeah. my point being it's like I do I buy the awkwardness and I buy the interaction the person who's acting like that with this dude and who's clearly been single for an extremely long amount of time is not gonna be talking about ripping her shirt off and showing her grief or tits <laughs> like she's just not gonna be doing it it's like she's shy school girl and she's what 65
0: yeah the the women in this movie are not written super well. And I, I hate doing, I hate blanket statements, they like that, but they're, they're just not. I mean, there is an interesting scene, I think where like after my Ma- Lori has seen that Corey's kind of off the, off the rocker, he does a few Michael scenes, even though continuity wise, one of them makes zero sense. Like she sees Corey looking up from the bushes, like Michael used to, and then Lori runs out all scared. And then somehow Corey is directly behind her. Doesn't make any non-supernatural sense and then she's like yeah. oh my god i saw he's evil just like michael was and there's one cool scene i think we get out of it but it kind of goes in a weird way in the morning he wakes up in the abandoned mansion from that he was babysitting in the cold open lying mm-hmm. in the spot where the kid died and Lori is in the back like knocking a chair against the wall till he wakes up and then telling him like i can get you help I thought that was kind of cool. But then she awkwardly 180 switches to be like, you can't have Allison. She's not yours. And he's like, if I can't have her, no one will
1: the biggest cliche that's something that bothers me with a lot of movies when it just doesn't really make a ton of sense it's like first of all they've only known each other for four days do you really think there's that much danger of them running off together and of course in universe there is but it doesn't make any sense that you'd even think that they only just met also like the whole guy can't have her no one will it's like you barely even know her yeah. i also thought it was weird when they were going up the stairs to like fuck and then yeah. like, Lori's just like watching them <laughs> that's it's like what like and then and then Lori like kind of randomly pretty much like, she goes from introducing him to Allison and like, inc- like encouraging yeah. her like, to fuck around. Yeah. And then, oh, and then she introduces him to this guy and it's like, fuck him. Like, fuck it's, kind of, yeah. it's kind of weird from a grandmother's perspective to do any of that. Or suddenly she has a 180 and she um, wants to pump the brakes and she wants them to break up and then she and then he appears in her bushes and she decides he's evil and it's like one of those things where it's like yes like as the story goes along you're correct but like she's making these decisions and these judgment calls based on virtually nothing right. Uh, he was in the bushes like Michael was 40 years ago okay grandma it's time to take your medicine how does that even make any sense of course since she's Laurie Strode and that's how the movie's set up she's right but she has no reason to be right
0: yeah it's like Corey's definitely acting weird like I said he's a completely different person every day Allison meets him so I can understand why Laurie has red flags going up but they're like they're red flags that seem to pop up at the wrong times kind of thing
1: and she's not interacting with him that much I forget what it is that even sets her off the first time she's not there for any of this like truly alarming stuff yeah like the way like that is also how he targets that dj it's just all of it so yeah
0: that's weird they go up on top of the roof of the radio tower and they're like looking at that and they're like we're gonna leave and we're gonna burn it all down and then the dj is like mean to him and then that's just like he gets added to like Corey's mental hit list i guess
1: and then the poor his like secretary gets horribly murdered too for no reason yeah
0: actually that's a fun cameo that's darcy the male girl from uh the last driving with joe bob briggs she's she's big in the horror community she's great i love darcy oh okay
1: i'm not, I'm That's not cool. familiar that cool. she's great
0: but yeah she's just kind of a weird cameo in there the dj stuff again is just to add two to the kill account essentially
1: yeah. yes and then he might be a bad boy and jumping off the roof and then he hurts himself like that could be funny but they just don't do the funny but then he sits
0: then, up just like michael does what
1: and then the dj's like what the hell are you guys doing and then he like squints at them he's like you're the guy that killed that kid three years ago and you're the girl who's related to Lori Strode again like no one knows who the fuck fuck is gonna know what these people look like you didn't go to high school with them like yeah. off the top of my head I couldn't tell you what like Adam Lanza looks like or what like pretty much any historical killer looks like unless I've watched like a fatiguing amount of documentaries on them in the dark of night with these two people these two adults who are acting like they're teenagers who sometimes act like they're 35 be able to peg them for their actual uh identities. Right.
0: And then one of for me, one of the worst scenes in the movie is Corey goes back to the sewers and just like mugs Michael Myers for his lunch money and yeah. takes his mask and just leaves him there.
1: Doesn't make any sense not to be all like Stockholm syndrome, but I'm like, I feel like he should he owes something to Michael. Michael has been extremely helpful to him. Yeah. Michael, Michael hasn't killed his stupid spunk stained ass. Michael hasn't killed him, even though he easily could, though, of course, for some nonsensical reason the story pretends like he couldn't even though we all saw him mow down those firefighters we saw him kill all those people we saw him make like a tommy doyle eat his own bat like this is not that long ago what
0: i think the movie is the series is trying to get at is the window staring from the, the last movie officer hatchet says maybe he wasn't looking out maybe he was looking in so the theory is he's looking at his own reflection looking at the evil in his own eyes and then he sees that same evil inside Corey's eyes Mm -hmm. which if all he's looking for is a reflection a specific reflection he does not need to go back to his sister's house to do so that's a different story
1: you could use a regular mirror just
0: use anything he probably knows i mean i know he was in an institute for a while but i'm sure he's seen at least one other reflective surface
1: oh yeah for sure he's must have yeah Yeah.
0: it's it's weak it's weak. it's weak and it's just like it's a it's a weird explanation it's like this movie tries to make it out that Haddonfield is evil not Michael Myers like Haddonfield and made Michael yeah. Myers and the evil that made him is in the town not the person specifically
1: which is fucking lame and also it's contrary to like the thesis of a lot of the movies including I feel like the previous movie
0: yes I would say it's definitely it's at least contrary to Holland 2018, and I'd also say contrary to 78, because...
1: you were gonna do it they should have done it in a way that made that was better and i still wouldn't have loved the theme but like again it's just another one of the many themes they hint at and they don't really you You, you could make Corey more of a tragic figure and but as it is it's he gets bullied by high school students he's pathetic Um, he's pathetic like the mom of the boy that he accidentally killed dresses him down in public he's got like a a nasty overbearing mother but he seems to have a pretty nice dad that's pretty much it like and then he's like a dork and all of a sudden he's kind of a bad boy you know, he kind of goes crazy but like they're not like like you said like how Allison doesn't respond to it any differently so yes. it's like you don't really know what's going on it's like you're no. he's definitely crazy now and his glasses are gone now he's a tough guy Yeah, but like it's Allison's reaction to him is always exactly the same nobody's reacting normally when he was beat up by those band kids and thrown over the bridge and then Michael Myers pennywised him into the sewer only one of those band kids was fighting him he got his ass Kicked by a high school, by a single high school band kid with two jeering friends and then one like on the fence girl and he almost got killed. And then you mean to tell me this same guy two days later goes into the sewers, is able to kick Michael Myers' ass who's at this point killed probably at least 40 people and steal his mask. And that none of that is passing the sniff test.
0: Yeah, I mean, Michael Myers in this movie is just really weak for some reason, which is also incongruent with Halloween kills where he seemed to be like the most powerful powerful he's ever been at the end of kills.
1: Yeah. Lori, Allison and Michael are just in like diametrically opposite positions at the end of Halloween kills than they are at the beginning of Halloween right. ends and never explored why.
0: Yeah, so much happened off camera and we're just exploring this story instead for whatever reason. It's just <sighs> Like, a lot of people gave this a lot of credit for being, like, a bold creative swing, and it is a bold creative swing, to be like, in your last movie, hey, guess what, Michael's not even the primary antagonist anymore, it's this other guy, it's not actually Michael, Haddonfield's actually Derry Main from It, it's just pumping out evil left and right. But it's just—it's not executed well. It's it, like, sure, it's—it's it's a novelty from a Halloween perspective, but on a storytelling perspective, Corey's just a guy who gets bullied until he snaps, like the stereotypical like nerd character. Yeah, it's just so disheartening because like i said it's just it's just christine but then they cut out the legs from it at the end too because they don't even commit to that big swing
1: no yeah they don't and then also i felt like when they were on top of the like the dj booth or the station whatever and allison and corey are talking and they're like let's we should burn it all down. It's like, it sounds like they're gonna fucking burn Hanfield to the ground. And uh, they also like, don't go any direction in that. And then I was kind of like, oh, like, maybe her like, maybe she's thinking, like, let's let's get the fuck out of Dodge. And he's thinking, we're in this together. Let's burn this town to the ground. Mm -hmm. And then he could do something bold and then she's gonna have to counteract it or she's gonna have to react and make a decision. But they didn't even go in that direction. It was like nothing interesting. And he said that uh, several times, like, oh, let's burn it down. Let's burn it to the ground. I guess he's talking metaphorically but how is he even talking metaphorically if what he means is to leave the town and then he doesn't even leave the town he just kills a few people who piss him off that aren't even at all evidential of the quote unquote small town rot that is being hinted at
0: yeah like all the ideas are there they just don't do anything with it like they just want it to be this like meaningful dissection about you know like how evil pervades you know this this town and it pervades in each one of us like we, I was joking and Halloween kills the maybe the real slasher has been inside us this whole time. Basically saying, like, yeah, that is like, this is the natural end of that idea, I guess, but like, it's done so disjointedly. It's just not executed well no
1: none of it
0: is because Corey is such an inconsistent character from scene to scene it's not a natural progression no Mm -mm. And, and and like you said he's he's bullied by these band kids but then the next scene he just takes michael's mask and he's suddenly michael myers like don't get me wrong in isolation that junkyard kill scene is awesome. Yep. You know, it's really cool. It does remind me more of Christine than Michael Myers because literally, there's the car chasing, you know, running over the fence kind of thing that was cool. Yep, and the crushing and the uh, the the blowtorch kill. You know, that's all cool. Yep, in isolation, that's cool. But like the Corey we've been following can't do that. Michael could do that. Is the mask magic? No, because Ma- Michael's not special. We've been told by this same movie he's just a yep. symptom of the problem. Okay, well then it's just none of it's consistent.
1: Unless I. I'm really effing this up. Corey's dad get and uh, Corey's dad comes out to help, and then he gets shot in the head, and then Corey has no reaction to that, even though it's been established throughout the movie that his dad is like supportive of him. He gave him the motorcycle, yeah. he wants him to find love. He's trying to encourage him to spread his wings and leave, and then he dies pretty much because of Corey. And it's just like, oh, it's another dead body. And it took I think to the next scene for me to be like, oh wait, his boss is his dad. That's his dad. That's not just his boss.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he's going full Michael, I guess he's fully. Dec- Attached from emotions, but he's not because he's still like obsessively crushing over Allison.
1: Him going after the bullies is the pinnacle of emotion,
0: right? And it's like the people who say like, "Oh wow, this is such a bold direction taking." It's like Michael's whole thing was that you didn't know what he why he was doing it. That was the whole reason you rebooted after the first and not after the first two was to make Mm -hmm. Michael an unknowable force of evil, and then you replace him with a guy whose motivations are very clear he's yep. killing everyone and, who's mean to him it doesn't like it doesn't like his girlfriend or something
1: infantile so it's infantile it's just
0: so much less interesting than any direction they could have taken Michael in say what you want about the cult of thorn story but at least it's more than if I can't have her no one can it's a bigger right. thing
1: and then also if I can't have her no one can and then the direction that goes in where he just takes himself off the board and uh, kind of reminds me of what you were saying about in the previous movie when that uh, sheriff Brackett just says like one wh- like one of his few memorable lines from 1978 about everyone's entitled to a it, good scare, it's like he's repeating, "If I can't have her, no one can," and then he fucking like knifes himself, and it's like that's not what a- what if I can't have her, no one can means, if I can't have her, then curtains to me. If I can't have her, then I don't want to live. You say all those things, but if I can't have her, no one can means you're going to kill her or you're going to like kidnap her and be together forever. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like even his fucking final line doesn't make any sense. It it
0: makes sense, but only because both Lori and Allison make the single stupidest decisions in the following moments because, you know, Lori takes the knife out for some reason and Allison walks in on it and sees Corey in Michael Myers cosplay with Michael Myers mask next to him and looks at Laurie and is like, what did you do?
1: My boyfriend you were such a dumb twat. Like,
0: also, before that scene, we have a moment where she, uh, apparently, like, she blames Lori for what Michael did. It, like, if is anyone, anyone in this town who knows that that's not true, it's Allison who literally lived through it.
1: Yeah. And in the last movie, Lori was freaking in the hospital the whole time. Allison's going gung-ho after Michael. Karen goes gung-ho after Allison to save her life. And then Michael kills her anticlimactically. If anyone is to blame for Karen being killed and it's not Michael it's Allison Laurie was in the hospital didn't want either she, of them involved blaming Laurie for but, everything and Laurie wasn't doing anything Laurie wasn't doing anything in that movie both of them lied to Laurie and said oh don't worry Michael's Michael's dead it's all okay Allison went off to do like extremely stupid things and then Karen went off to try to save her stupid daughter's life which is you know respectable if you want to make Allison dowdy and docile and submissive and not really like her character at all make her be Javilan de- Uh, dealing with the survivor's guilt of being the reason her mother got killed. Because the only reason her mother is at that house is to save her from michael and michael was about to fucking kill the shit out of her before karen came and got in the way and then michael kills her because of that yeah it's all very straightforward but i feel like they make things happen in the previous movies and then they just act like they never happened it's almost like the- these sequels are written and directed by different people like, it's like there's some sort of like fight about the continuity it's like no you wrote you did all this
0: yeah I feel like there is a one way that it could have been saved. And I'll talk about that when we get to the end little teaser for you guys we also get mm-hmm. scenes of Corey killing his mother and the dj and the receptionist the dj kills pretty pretty tight i'm not gonna lie according to like, scenes from like cut footage apparently the mother death was gonna be like a full sequence but instead of just being like abruptly killing her mm-hmm. and then we go back to the strode house and Lori calls the cops to report a suicide that she's gonna kill herself goes into the the room pull shoots the gun and Corey opens the door and she <laughs> shot the pumpkin at that
1: point it was like oh they bastardized this character So much, I was like, maybe she's gonna kill herself. Who cares?
0: Lori's just a reward. different person in this movie. Yeah, we'll go on. But this is the one sequence where Lori actually feels like Lori, except for that one moment where she does the dumb thing after shooting Corey. Corey shows up in his Michael Myers cosplay and Lori just like pap pap shoots him with the gun because she's she's no fool. She finally has done something Lori strode like.
1: Yeah, that was that
0: was And she was, was like, cool. You fucking piece of shit. She's just like giving Corey what for. And then Corey stabs himself in the neck with a butcher knife.
1: If I can't have her, no if I can't one will. Have
0: her, no one can. And
1: also, the, the setup is that, like, Allison's like, fuck you, Grandma. I love Corey. It's like, if Allison showed up and then Corey was like, I love you, Allison, or Grandma won't let us be together, let's run off together, Allison probably would have said yes, the dumb
0: bitch. Not, not only that, not only that, Corey is trying to balance being the boyfriend of one of Michael Myers' survivors with being Michael Myers. This ain't working well, man. Especially because in the scene where he kills the doctor and tries to kill the nurse, He, like, paws that glass door. His fingerprints are everywhere. He's getting found out like that. He should have already been in jail by the time Halloween rolls around. He has, like, full-blown handprints on the window of that scene.
1: And you know he's fingerprinted because he killed that kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and oh my god so the if I can't have her no one can only works for Corey quote unquote works for Corey because Lori pulls the knife out and Allison walks in again perfect comedic timing right then it is like what did you do why did you kill my boyfriend who's dressed like you know your stalker for the past 44 years and then she leaves and she's so upset I can't believe you killed my boyfriend I hate you grandma and then finally Michael shows up you know we all remember Michael Myers from the famed Halloween franchise he shows up in this movie believe it or not he gets the mask back from Corey, who somehow isn't dead Yep,
1: and he should be so dead third so you're like, what? time dead.
0: in this franchise yeah. being run through with a giant blade in the throat doesn't kill somebody that's not how yeah. throats work <sighs>
1: and he acts dead with the whole allison thing where it's like okay he's dead yeah. but it's like oh he's not it was just so again and it it's not sense. like his hand twitches he acts very much alive yeah <laughs>
0: he plays dead I guess for Allison to like sell the betrayal or whatever but then Laurie and Michael have a fight scene and it's it's fine it's pretty good it's the final clash or whatever
1: honestly it seems it seemed a little rushed though and it didn't need to be well because it
0: didn't it just didn't have the same impact anymore because you know we've been sitting here listening to the Corey Cunningham story
1: now Michael's over for me you're Corey's, Corey's my villain now. yeah, yeah you're, 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 <laughs> I don't care about this you're a Corey official Yeah. Yeah. When Corey died, you lost
0: interest. Yeah, exactly. So Lori is able to pin Michael to the table with two knives and a fridge, and she removes his masks and slits his throat. But he breaks an arm free and strangles her. But before he's able to kill Lori, Allison returns. Because even though she called the police for that suicide attempt, Allison was able to come home, see the murder of Corey, leave, drive halfway down the street or whatever, drive a couple blocks away, get a call from Officer Hatchet that there was a 911 call placed into her house, and get back to her house before the cops show up.
1: And I think she sees the fire at the DJ place,
0: too. Yeah, she sees the fire at the DJ place, too. And Allison arrives and, like, breaks Michael's arm so that she can't, he can't stab Lori, Lori anymore. And Laurie slices Michael's wrist as like a double dose death yeah. and then holds his hand, which is like, that's the ending part of Halloween 4 and Halloween H2O just redone again. And Mike- the thing. What's up?
1: He gets crunched up, doesn't he? Yeah, that's also yeah. a real- That's also a big time reference to Christie. It
0: is. It oh, is, absolutely.
1: Big time reference. That's how they quote unquote kill the they,
0: car. They put, a, they put it in the car crusher the cube thing. Yeah. Yeah, the compactor. So with Michael finally dead and the cops finally show up, they decide to have a, like, makeshift midnight funeral procession and all the residents of Haddonfield just, like, join in, I guess. And they drive him to the junkyard and toss him into the industrial shredder, which gobbles him up good.
1: Flip-flopping on their central theme, which is that, oh, like, never mind, I guess Michael isn't really, like, the ultimate evil after all. It's really the evil of the town and, like, blah, blah, blah. The town makes people evil. But then it's like, oh, the town comes together to kill Michael, the ultimate evil. It's like they can't even be consistent in within the movie. No. And that's like the, the lady who should have died in the previous movie who got her throat stabbed is the air. Like everyone's there watching Michael get shredded and, and uh compacted like Christine. Oh this is like a real bonding moment for the town which was previously evil but is no longer evil. Because the evil dies Michael. Because evil dies tonight. Yes.
0: And um the little kid from 2018 is there in a weird cameo.
1: Oh yeah the, the, yeah, the kid, kid. Like, I, I like the kid I like the Babysitter who got killed. The
0: kid was the only comedy that worked in the entire trilogy, if we're being honest. Yeah,
1: that was funny.
0: But then in the next couple days, Allison and Lori reconcile because Allison's like, hey, so I guess my boyfriend was a murderer, so I guess you're right, Lori. Sorry about it.
1: You set us up. Yeah. This has been a long week. Yeah. It's been like how long is it? I think how long is it that the what's the course of the movie? Five days max? max.
0: And then she still decides to leave Haddonfield and Lori finishes her memoir and deputy I've been calling him Hatchet this whole time. He's Deputy Hawkins, Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: Definitely hatchet is better I think I think you were thinking bracket and Hawkins. I was
0: I mixed the two I am the foolest fool who's ever fooled
1: you look like w. Bush but I liked hatchet I, I think um I'd like to vote for you to continue calling him hatchet oh
0: I'm so bad so Frank I'm just gonna call him Frank now I'm already dis- I'm already defeated uh, <laughs> okay. so Frank and Lori have a nice chat and they decided to go to Japan to see the cherry blossoms isn't that lovely love to see it and then there's just shots.
1: Kicks their ass over there. <laughs> Samurai Michael.
0: And then there's just shots of Lori's house and like around town with like a weird breathing as like a mirror of '78. And then Halloween ends.
1: And I have then, a feeling it's not the ending. I was going to say, let's uh, show of hands who actually believes that there will be no more oh, Halloween movies. Jason
0: Blum has already said there's, there's going to be more Halloween films. They licensed Halloween for three movies. Then the rights go back to uh, the owner, Malik Akkad, uh, or Malik Akkad, and he's the executive producer on all the Halloween films. Or He, he has been ever since his father, Mustafa Akkad, passed away. He's going to make more Halloween films, but... Presumably under a different timeline. So so
1: you mean there's gonna be a fifth timeline? You
0: better believe it. Get hyped, everyone, for that uh Jamie Lloyd never actually died in part six timeline. Whoop whoop.
1: Uh, uh, (sighs) I am like the only thing I am hyped for is the inevitable thirteenth Friday, the thirteenth movie. When's (laughs) it gonna happen?
0: oh by the way my uh how you could have saved this movie I feel like there's one choice which fixes most of my problems and everyone who's saying oh my god such a creative risk here's an even bigger risk that actually is a risk that does not get kneecapped by the Michael-Laurie fight at the end take the Michael-Laurie fight put it at the beginning start with killing off Michael Myers
1: okay so
0: why is Laurie Strode living in suburbia because she killed Michael she has nothing to worry about
1: right why
0: is Alice weirdly off put by laurie's sudden change of seeing evil because she killed michael when laurie's like oh the evil passed on to Corey." allison could be like that that hasn't passed on and neither of you you killed michael but you still see his eyes in every person you see and you still see his you know evil on every street corner you pass you know you haven't moved on laurie
1: and that could have been her reaction to him killing her daughter yeah, because then that would have been like, oh, Karen dying would have been for something. Yeah, yeah. like if like like you said, if the, at the end of the extended version and she's going off the knife, she goes after Michael. They yeah. get and they fight. They get in a tussle. She defeats him. Then she puts him in the grinder. The whole town sees. You're right. Actually, that would fix most of the problems.
0: Right, and then all you have to do at that point, for as far as changes go, is instead of being a tag team with Michael, he just like finds the mask and he picks up the mask and he uses that identity to. Feel Feel powerful and take back what power has been taken from him in his life. It makes Corey's storyline better to not have Michael along for the ride and it makes every other character's actions far more justified if you started with this scene. It does have an air of Halloween Resurrection where we start by killing off a main character and everyone gets mad and leaves early but it's still a, it's still more coherent. It still makes all the characters make more sense and that's all I'm here for. I just want to make this make sense.
1: Yes, I agree. And I also think that my good Still be alive because obviously supernatural. Yeah, I mean, sure, you know and kill
0: everybody (laughs) Jason got you know completely vaporized basically and then they just threw some nanites on him and called it a day so
1: yeah if you had to use this trash heap of a movie and make it into something palatable I think that taking the Laurie-Michael fight scene putting it in the beginning that's a great idea that's a great idea
0: I feel like that just solves most of the issues not all the issues but most of them but most of them and also I feel like Allison I said it in the last movie I feel like if you make Karen the protagonist of Halloween kills you can Allison the protagonist of this movie and still have Corey and have it still be Corey becoming the next evil. But with Lori's story concluded, Allison can take a more center stage. The, Assassination they did to Allison's character could have only been saved the way they did it if she killed Corey and she did it. Yeah. Well,
1: that's like True. she's pretty much useless for the whole series. She's, when you like when you sum it up, it's like what does she do in the original Halloween? Like she escapes from Michael, but by the skin of her teeth, and not really through any like it's like I think oh she screams for help and she's banging on the door and she gets let inside and they help her and she that's-
0: cuts Michael's hand when they put him in the the basement to kill to burn yeah. it alive.
1: She doesn't like doesn't do much. And then same in Halloween Kills. She's, even that, like, she joins the bandwagon, but she's pretty useless. And her mother saves her life and then gets killed for it, which is the emotional uh, follow-up of that has never dealt with, which is a huge missed opportunity. And then in this one, she just falls in love with the killer, endangers her grandmother, and has terrible judgment. And then at the end, she like breaks Michael's arm and helps her grandma. But yeah. her, her grandma pretty much does everything. Corey essentially kills himself, but then not really, because Jason asks, Jason, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I always got Jason on the brain, the superior silent mask Because
0: <laughs> I feel like the highs of Halloween are, so, are better than Friday the Thirteenth, but I do think Friday the Thirteenth might be more might be more, Friday the Thirteenth being more consistent than another franchise. That's <sighs> crazy. That one hits deep. That one hits deep. But yeah, it's like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people feel like for Halloween ends give it credit for the creative risk and it's true they took a chance but again like I said with Halloween kills I feel like Halloween ends takes a chance it does but I don't think it executes it nearly no. well enough
1: you put everything on black and then you it was red you yeah. fucking lost you should have
0: yeah it's it's a movie that someone described it as like it's a legacy sequel to Christine and then remembers it's a Halloween movie
1: was like, oh yeah, we got we to gotta shoehorn Michael in and then to right. like, gonna make him nonsensically much weaker than he's ever been or we're not gonna explore why in the previous movie laurie speculates that he might that his like power might be tied to how many people he kills but then it's said by the homeless man the, the weirdly malevolent homeless man who then tries to kill Corey, that he takes people down there to kill them like fairly regularly so it's like there's no reason for him to be weak also why would he stop killing there's like so many like nothing's explained
0: it feels like like i said if this had been halloween 2018 i have no problems because it could have introduced the franchise he's been missing for 40 years him being weak makes more sense he's yeah, been literally that. gone for 40 years
1: and if he escaped from the asylum and hid in the sewers for some time you'd be like okay yeah, yeah. like well, you would just accept it but you wouldn't if, it's still kind of weak but you'd yeah. be like fine i like he did the biggest rampage probably in america and then he just goes in a sewer in the town he did the rampage in and is never found. And it's like, oh, he's just living in the sewer. He doesn't even have, like, it's like, there wasn't even, like, it's just like, he's just there. There's no, like, personal effect, like, nothing. Like, he's like, oh, like, where is he sleeping? I don't remember recall seeing a bed or even a pit, anything like that. It's just like, oh, he's just, like,
0: existing in stasis until the movie needs him to do something again.
1: In stasis, but decaying stasis because he has to be able to get mugged by a nerd who seems like he's never been in a fight before and is easily overpowered by band geeks.
0: And I know some people gave it like I said said oh it's true to the original intention because it's a spin-off movie it's an anthology movie just like Halloween 3 but it's not it's a main series movie pretending to be an anthology movie It is
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's also half in the anthology thing It's half-assing yeah. everything It's like so it's not even really doing that Because really-
0: again it's they want to go in this bold direction and then kill off Corey for the real star to come back in to bring back Michael mm-hmm. and they didn't even have a thing where like Corey's corpse was missing and then is he gonna be is did he survive and is in the ether no Mm -hmm.
1: no. nothing cool like that i actually just had a thought that might be that might have been kind of interesting but still i i wouldn't have really liked the shift of focus unless they did it well but if Corey's doing all this shit going nuts finds michael's mask or whatever or blah whatever he does and then he he does the killing separate from michael and then michael comes back because someone's copycat killing yeah
0: there yeah there are ways it's just it's it's like they only after halloween kills it seems like they only had like 20 minutes of story for laurie and michael left and so they're like how do we kill an hour and a half until we get to that point like i saw someone else and i think we can wrap up soon they were like what did you expect what did you want did you just want them fighting for two hours laurie and michael like it's a superhero movie it's like no i wanted a story that led up to the ending we got not an ending to a 40-year franchise tacked on to the end of a spinoff of, an, of a half spin-off, half main series movie. Have a movie of yeah. Lori searching the searching the town for Michael, despite what it's costing her in her personal life. Allison even is, you know, struggling to keep up because they're like, we've been searching for four years and we haven't found Michael. I think we should probably just give up, move, cut our losses, leave somewhere, and she can't let it go. Something. A story. I wanted a story of Laurie and Michael, not just just an ending not just an end cap here's the conc- here's the climax you can cut it out and just tack that onto halloween kills and call it a day
1: yeah agreed 100%. completely agree yeah why even have three movies if you only have two movies worth of the content
0: yeah and halloween kills already feels kind of filler to it so it's like oh, they yeah. it feels like halloween 2018 was a proper ending and then they're like, hell yeah, we get to do some more stuff, but we don't have two movies worth of stuff. The Halloween kills being kind of whatever, and Halloween ends being as disappointing as it is, means that the H2O trilogy reigns supreme for me.
1: We gotta watch H2O. Okay, and then last question, let's everybody give ratings. The fo- popcorn ratings out of the five bags of popcorn for Halloween.
0: I will graciously give it one out of five because of John Carpenter's score. Wow. I think this is an. This has ideas. This has potential, but it's all done wrong at the wrong time. It's all. It's all. It's all. It's all not where it's supposed to be.
1: I agree. I was also going to give it one out of five. It's a bonafide one bagger and no sodas. No. No trinkets. No. Nothing else. It's a one. It's a one diaper full of popcorn.
0: Could have been fine if it was anywhere else in the franchise, but also you need to tweak it because the it's not just that it's the not a proper conclusion, it's also that the story itself was not told well. Yes. I need to emphasize that. The story idea is solid. The execution's bad. The timing is even worse. That makes the movie bad. It's,
1: it's just bad. A, man. It's bad. It's plain and simple. Yeah. It's a lot of ideas that could have been good, but we'll never know because they weren't explored well.
0: Yeah. And again, if the focus, I feel like if the movie had started with Laurie killing Michael and then kept Allison as the protagonist dealing with trying to move on and coming across someone Succumbing to evil in Cory could have been interesting, could have been cool, could have worked, but it doesn't. And I'm sorry I feel that way. I'm mad I feel that way. If you disagree with me, thrilled for you. I wish you the best. I wish I am so thrilled you love this movie. It's more fun to love movies than to hate movies, in my opinion.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Is, but I feel like we need to be honest with the content. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I'm not a- <laughs> laughing gas at the dentist. You know, I saw the movie and it sucked. Yep. <laughs>
0: It's also just not fun bad. If it was fun bad, like Halloween Resurrection, I can almost laugh at.
1: Yeah, no fun bad I can get into. As long as it keeps... For some reason to me, and some not all of them do it, but Friday the 13th and several of the sequels, it keeps my attention in a way where it's like, yeah. it's bad. They're all gonna die, but I'm really, like, enjoying it. Yeah. And I don't know what the balance is, but this wasn't it. Like, it's more serious than those movies. Part of it is not taking itself too seriously. It's just lighthearted. And then some of the characters are really annoying. You're happy to see die. Die. And some mm-hmm. of them, you're like, oh, man. No. I'm rooting for you, but I know you're gonna die. Yeah, 100%. It's Halloween Bogged down by self-importance. Just sad now. (laughs) I'm sorry, Chris.
0: I'm gonna watch a fun movie tonight just to lift my spirits a little bit. (laughs) Good
1: idea. (laughs) Good idea. I'm sorry. Maybe you could watch the original Halloween, something you like. (laughs) That might make you more sad. Yeah. At this (laughs)
0: point, I am willing to not have another Halloween movie for a while
1: you need a break you need a break I need yeah. a break
0: I need we need some space Halloween <laughs> you to, and Halloween need to see other people we would see other people for a little bit and I love Halloween it's my second favorite of the three slashes I love Friday the 13th but Friday the 13th has always been B movies and I feel like Halloween has a few A movies sprinkled in to keep me coming back
1: yeah but, that's fair yeah. yeah what's your favorite
0: Friday the 13th oh
1: no I think it, oh no okay. Nightmare
0: on Elm Street Nightmare on Elm Street oh,
1: Nightmare on Elm Street okay
0: because right. one three and seven are about to find classics amazing
1: is seven the uh, a new nightmare yes See, i love new classics. nightmare when i saw it. really that's it's like super meta it's like by the Camp cam playing herself and like the movie it's like oh cool it was kind of before it's time because i feel like yeah. stuff like that got really popular years later but that was really i think yeah
0: because they need to bring her back but she died in nightmare, nightmare three so they're just like you're yourself now this is the real world and she,
1: and she said she's in that new um midnight club the mike flanagan show and love she said, she said she'd come back to friday the Thirteenth. not friday jesus yeah. oh i need to watch friday the <laughs> she'd come back to nightmare on elm street oh that's I,
0: cool i love heather she's the best <sighs> maybe i'll watch nightmare on elm street you know what
1: <laughs> that'll lift your spirits make me happy
0: again Alright guys, I want to thank you both so much for coming on. You guys are the best.
1: No problem, it was fun. It was fun. I I mean, I can't believe we talked for four hours, I was gonna say. I I Uh,
0: promise you next time you guys are on, if you guys want to come on again, we'll talk about a movie that rocks.
1: (laughs) That was that sounds good. That's yeah. good. But I, I won't I won't lie to you, I did enjoy ripping this movie to
0: shreds. Yeah. We could talk about like I don't know, dog soldiers, we can talk about something else. It'll be fun. Yeah,
1: it sounds good.
0: Sounds good. Hey, how's it going professional horror podcast people? It is I, Chris Donovan from the future. Or once again Future relative to when we recorded the rest of this audio, because uh, much like last episode, I did not record an outro while we were recording because we were at four hours when we finished. And we really needed to wrap up; it was getting late. <laughs> uh, it was a good time, though. I uh, had, by all hope, you guys enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed talking about the Halloween, the last two installments of the David Gordon Green, Adam Capriate Halloween trilogy, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it as well. Once again, if you I mean if you like Halloween ends, I'm super thrilled for you. I'm glad you loved it. We may not agree on this movie, but we can all agree the greatness of the Halloween franchise, and, it's, and and the love that we have for it, in our own different ways. I hope we can come to that agreement at least. I once again want to thank Megan and Julia for being on the show. They're hilarious and amazing and, and wonderful and they're the best, and I hope to have them on again soon for more movies, more chats, more, more everything. We're going to get a lot of stuff in the next couple weeks. I mean, uh, I believe early December is when my next episode is sort of earmarked for. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a special quiz show on the Professional Horror Podcast. That'll be a lot of fun. And of course stay tuned for the end of the year, top 10 horror movies of the year. I'm cracking away at watching movies for it. I'm excited to do it. I love making my top 10 movies of the year list. It's one of my favorite episodes to do every single year. I hope you enjoy it as well. It's going to be a great time. Till then, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple's Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's a lot of different podcast sites, but wherever you get it, I hope you like, rate, review, whatever you subscribe, whatever you can do to podcasts, in a positive sense, on your respective podcast app. I hope you choose to do that for this podcast because it helps us out a lot makes us feel really good and also be sure to follow me on instagram at professional horror or on twitter at the underscore don underscore 17 or you could also email me if you have a movie suggestion or a guest suggestion at professional horror at gmail.com i'd love to hear your guys's feedback responses ideas you name it but until next time stay scary but keep it professional